Welcome to Sold Out Sports Talk with your host, Roman Gabriel III. Up-close conversations with high-impact personalities from the world of sports and entertainment. Follow Roman on Twitter and Facebook at Roman Gabriel 3. Now, Roman Gabriel III. Welcome to Sold Out Sports Talk. Coming in with me, a good friend of the show, social networking buddy, author, PGA Pro, and uh, we're going to talk about her new book, uh, Skill Drill, and she's also involved in a lot of youth activities down in Myrtle Beach, but she's been on this program many times, a regular with us. Uh, Meredith Kirk joins us. Meredith, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on. I was looking forward to talking with you again. Meredith, it's always great talking to you because, you know, you do something that, you know, if I didn't play football and I wasn't doing what I love to do, my second thing would be, how could I find a way where I could play golf every day? <laughs> <laughs> and you can do that right here in the golf capital of the world, Myrtle Beach. <laughs> I saw an ad on Twitter, on your Twitter page, uh, <laughs> which is at M-E-R-E Kirk, Mara, a, at M-E-R-E Kirk, if you want to follow her. She's got a ton of followers on on uh, Instagram as well as on Twitter, but plan your spring trip today with a quick coat and get a free round from Meredith. I mean, come on. (laughs) Where was I when that promotion hit? I mean, I just saw that. I I guess I should be on your page more often, right? Yes, yes. um, I'm actually a spokesperson in Myrtle Beach Golf Ambassador for Founders Group International, and they own and operate um, numerous courses here along the Grand Strand, and that is one of our current promotions. Um, if you go online, you can create your own golf getaway. Um, you can specify certain courses that you want to play, and you can go to MyrtleBeachGolfTrips.com to do that. And when you do that, you get that free round that you saw. So it's a pretty good deal, and a lot of folks are doing that, and it's a great time to come to Myrtle Beach and play golf. Oh, man. Don't tell me about it. I'm, uh, listen, I'm going to get down there, and the next time I'm down, I was in Wilmington for the Wells Fargo. I was hoping that you would be there, but my brother and I had to go see a guy that you've met and you've worked a little bit with at uh, uh, Dustin Johnson. DJ has an academy there in Myrtle Beach that you've done a little work with, but uh, what a what an interesting guy and what an incredible golf swing. We went out there and just had a great time following him for a couple of days. Oh, Dustin is amazing. And, you know, he went to Coastal Carolina University. I graduated local. from there as well. So he's somewhat of a local here, um, moved here in college to play golf. So, of course, he's got a huge fan base here in Myrtle Beach. Well, he had a huge fan base in Wilmington for the Wells Fargo. And I, I got to tell you, Meredith, because you're a golf course aficionado, uh, Eagle Point was extremely impressive, not just with the players, but um, with the fans. I mean, what an incredible venue. Oh, it's amazing. And I had a lot of friends that went up there. I, I couldn't get up there for that tournament. But, yes, I've, I've heard it was amazing, and the course was in just uh, impeccable condition. Well, when somebody says that your course reminds us of Augusta, I mean, come on. Yeah. What greater compliment can you get? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. what was amazing <laughs> is, is Brian Harmon, who won the tournament, I had a chance to speak with him after the event, and – um he said something really interesting. Uh, the guys stayed over at uh, Figure Eight Island, which for everybody that's not never been to Wilmington, it's this incredible island that's private. And the golf course is literally, uh, you know, a quarter mile across the waterway. And basically all the guys stayed out there and were ferried in, them and their wives, and then they took the country club and just made it four wives and family. So 
the thing that, that I thought was really interesting as many venues as these guys play, Meredith, is that Brian Harmon, the eventual winner, said this was one of the best weeks of our life in terms of my wife and I just had a great time. The accommodations were incredible. The golf course is flat-out championship. Uh, we should have another tournament out here. That I mean, that's the way to go. I mean, bringing all those families together. And, you know, and I love that, that a lot of the wives that the children – they go with their husbands to this event and into multiple events uh, around the country. I think that's awesome that the families are traveling together and that they did make accommodations for all the families to, to stay together. I think it's the way it should be, you know, families sticking together and not being separated um, by work. If you can travel with your family and work, I think that's awesome. And uh, it looks like they went in that direction with that particular tournament. And, you know, look, the players loved it. So maybe – that will start happening a little bit more uh, nationwide at different venues. Meredith Kirk is here with us, PGA Pro. And uh, tell you what, Meredith, you know, one of the things that I've always wanted to ask you, because one of the things that's interesting to me about women in golf is, you know, that obviously there are a lot of very attractive women that cover golf. And you've gotten into the television, you know, aspect, the media aspect of this, which is really what golf has done a great job of over the last five years and in, in, in really going after a younger audience. Um, you know, you've been Mrs. South Carolina. You've been, uh, you know, Golf Magazine top 100, uh, you know, I think good-looking women in sports in terms of golf. Um, how hard is it? from a Christian perspective to keep that in, uh, keep that in line in terms of the line that you have to touch, because there's a lot of young ladies out there that are very attractive, that are great golfers that are excellent on television. Um, but it seems like we're pushing that envelope in terms of, you know, showing our bodies and, and, and doing that, uh, you know, more and more and more. What's the line for you and how difficult is that for you sometimes? No, that's a great question. Um, it's a very fine line, honestly. I mean, when I entered the Mrs. South Carolina pageant, you know, I never thought I was going to win that, and I won that. And part of um, that pageant is, you know, you have to wear a two-piece, and you're in six-inch heels. And at that point, I really felt led um, to go through with it. And um, I think that, you know, that's just part of the competition, and, and it was part of the competition at Mrs. America. Now, after Mrs. America, um, that's when... Um, Golf Magazine contacted me and, and told me I was selected like top 10 most beautiful women in golf for, for 2015. And I mean, what a compliment. I, I, I was like, what? Why would you choose me? I mean, I, I really was in shock about it. But, you know, I talked to my husband about it and that's key. You know, um, you know, I, I discussed it with him and he's like, look, this is, you know, this is a great opportunity. Um, go have fun with it. You know, I didn't wear swimsuits. I didn't do anything like that. I didn't show my midriff. And I think that um, that's one of my one of my roles is I won't show my midriff, you know. Um, so for me, I thought you know I could wear some really cute dresses, have fun with it. My husband was supportive of it, and so for me, you know, with those aspects, I was fine going into that photo shoot. Um, and pretty much, you know, after that, that's pretty much my role of fun. I think you can look cute and you can be attractive. I don't think that um, we should put ourselves as women in a box as a um, you know a female as a Christian. Um, however, you, it, it is a fine line, and I think that it needs to be discussed, especially if you're married, um, what what those perimeters are, what those boundaries are, and even for um, the ladies that are not married, um, you know, drawing a line in the sand, what I what I can do, what what I'm not going to do, 
um, because I don't think it's um, wise to put your all your assets out there. You know, I don't think that that's smart. I don't think that's what the Lord wants um, from, from really for any female, but especially for Christians. I mean, we're ambassadors for Christ. Ultimately, we're representing Him, and I don't think He wants us to downplay beauty. But we also have to be careful with it because we don't want to um, cause another person to stumble or cause another person to sin. And that's the question. You know, when I dress myself and I'm picking out outfits and stuff, I think, you know, is this is this too much? Would this cause someone um, to look at me differently? You know, and, and usually I, I just kind of go through the questions of, you know, what would the Lord want me to wear? You know, what's okay in this? You know, it's okay to feel good and to be confident and to have an outfit that you're comfortable wearing and you feel good in, but also you don't want to cross, you know, any lines. And so, unfortunately, what I what I see right now is this trend with a lot of um, new young girls coming up in golf. And, you know, I'm, I'm older now. I'm in my late 30s, so I have a little bit more experience under my belt now with this issue. But, unfortunately, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of these girls getting very provocative. And, it you know, it makes me sad for them because, you know, that's, they, they have so they have so many gifts and talents and you know using beauty as a tool to to get ahead it, it will not take you that no. far um, that you know the strengths are always on what you know the gifts and the talents that God gives us um, as individuals it's it's not about beauty beauty can be a blessing but you have to be careful with it um, and and I see a lot of them are, are trying to ride on beauty. And if they were to take that energy that they're putting into, you know, the external into the internal, I think that they're, they're going to get a lot more ahead um, because really they're, they're compromising gifts and talents and they're kind of putting those, you know, under a bushel and just using the beauty and, and beauty fades, you know, You're, yeah. you only get older, beauty fades. And, um, and also it's, you know, you don't want to judge a book you know, by its course. Too, Meredith Turk so. is with us, uh, PGA Pro. And Meredith, you also do a lot of youth camps. And uh, tell us about your youth camps that you, you're you're doing. And, and you have young kids. So being a role model is important to you, not just teaching golf, but teaching life. And, of course, golf does a great job of that. So tell us about your youth camps. Well, I'm doing something interesting this year. You know, back in, I think, 2011, um, you know, I wrote a book called Die Club and My Staff. I'm a Graves disease survivor. I had a couple of near-death experiences that really changed my life, changed my faith, made me um, a better Christian, uh, made me really draw close to the Lord in my relationship with Him. So I wrote this, you know, it's just a small volume devotional, and it was pretty much my journal that was published during that time. And, you know, I had, you know, I sold pretty much all my copies. I don't have any copies available right now. However, I've noticed with junior golf camps, there's so many amazing programs. I mean, we have PPA Junior League, um, First Tee. I could just go on about so many amazing junior programs. However, there's there's really not any Christian junior golf programs. And, you know, this is my 20th year teaching, and I have taught thousands of junior golfers, but I've never done a specific golf camp that's focused on the Christian faith. So this is my first summer doing it, and we're just starting with two camps. We have one in June, uh, June 19th to the 23rd, and then we have one in July, the 10th through the 14th. And, um, you know, we're going to cover all aspects of the game. So these junior golfers are going to learn everything about golf, rules, etiquette, golf, you know, mechanics, the fundamentals, but they're also going to get a little bit of taste of faith. And, you know, the message is going to be about Jesus Christ, you know, the gospel. And we will just be encouraging the kids. It's going to be inspirational. 
um, motivational, and you're just we're going to share the gospel with these kids, and we're going to go have a good time. And so I'm really excited about you know trying this, doing something new, and I'm, hopefully it's going to be a lot of fun. And if you want more information, you can follow uh, Meredith on Twitter. She gets all of her info up there at M-E-R-E Kirk, K-R-K-I-R-K, Mira Kirk, on Twitter. Um, you know, before I let you go, Meredith, I would be remiss not taking advantage of your expertise. We have a lot of golfers out there in this crowd, including me. Um, give me a tip for the adults out there. One tip you want to give us today that would help our golf game. First and foremost, having a good pre-shot routine, I think that is so important. You know, it's the first step is always obviously picking out a target, really having the intention for the shot, what you want to do with that shot. That's always step one. I say it's the first word of a sentence. And then you go through that process of your pre-shot routine with different steps from number one being the target, number two, stepping behind the ball, in the address position, squaring the club face, squaring your body body up. And you just kind of work through the basic fundamental steps um, before, you know, your pre-swing motion. And then you have your motion, you swing, and then you finish. And the finish position, I say, is the period at the end of the sentence. So you have the beginning and then you have the end of the swing. And consistency in a routine, in a golf shot, is so important. And if you watch the, the PGA Tour players and the LPGA players, watch them on TV. Watch their methods. You'll see that each one of them have a consistent pre-shot routine that they do each and every time that they go up to the ball and they swing through that shot. And that is so important because once you have that routine, you just implement it each time. And it builds that muscle memory and it relaxes you. It gives you a good tempo. And I think that everybody should have a good pre-shot routine. And if you need a pre-shot routine, I have tons of online videos at mbn.com. You can go to that website and go to their video library. And I've done um, dozens and dozens of golf tips. And I have one that I recently did um, called the pre-shot routine. And that's part of Skill Drills, my new book. We're doing a video series on the book. And you can find that there at mbn.com. You can use that as kind of a template. It's just a good, um, basic pre-shot routine. Um, So I would give that a shot. Awesome. Go to Meredith. That's right, Meredith Kirk, M-E-R-E, Kirk on Instagram. Where are you on Instagram? That's Twitter. Where are you on Instagram? Um, On Instagram, I think it's just Meredith Kirk. Meredith Kirk. Welcome to Sold Out Sports Talk on American Family Radio. With us, Jim Joyce, founder and CEO of Athlon Medical and Diagnostics Subsidiary, Exosome Sciences. No. Concussions is such a problem in the NFL, and it has been for a long time. We just figured it out, right? That's right. Uh, and with us, Solomon Wilcox, former linebacker in the NFL and CBS sports analyst, and uh, great to have you guys. Well, it's nice to be on with you, and of course, I've, I've come here with Jim Joyce. Jim. His company is doing, I think, some wonderful and fascinating things in terms of their ability to detect uh, the tau zone biomarker to help really uh, understand exactly what's going on with CTE and be able to detect CTE in living patients. Jim can tell us more about it, but I think it's phenomenal. Jim, um, for the layman out there, because we got a lot of fans, football fans on this network that are family members, they've got kids that play sports, what is CTE? 
Roman, CTE has been uh, best described in recent years where most of the research has been uh, done. It seems to be that the primary hallmark of CTE is repetitive subconcussive blows, an accumulation of subconcussive blows over a lifetime. And that could be that could be if your youngsters playing soccer, that could be if you're playing football in college, that could be an NFL player. So it has nothing to do with age, right? It it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with age in terms of the trigger, the cause. But much like Alzheimer's, CTE is a chronic uh, chronic neurological disease. So uh, oftentimes this shows up later. later in life. But it could happen early. It can, and I think in many cases at diagnosis, and this is the problem today, it's currently only diagnosed through autopsy. So it has been diagnosed at high rates in individuals that participated in activities that involve repetitive head trauma. Now, Solomon, you played in the NFL, college football, competitive football your whole life. How many concussions do you think you had before we measured this thing in terms of, you know, if you looked at how, what they call a concussion? Yeah, thing? see, I, I really don't know. I just, you know, I mean, we kind of, we would have our, quote, bail rung. Right. We shake it off. We go back and play. I don't know that I ever said, hey, I had a concussion. Right. Or, we just didn't look at it that way. Um, I, I don't ever remember the lights going out when I was on the field. Now, I do remember time lost. That means you go back and you watch the tape the next day. And you was like, wow, I don't really remember, remember that. that play. I know I talked to a lot of guys, mm -hmm. uh, Jim McMahon, uh, Ricky Waters, uh, guys that I've just come across that will be talking. I'll say, how you doing? And they'll say, you know, I have headaches every once in a while. I have trouble sleeping every once in a while. Sometimes I deal with a little bit of depression. Is that anything that you've ever had? Well, the sleeping. <laughs> I mean, I, I cherish the night. I think all of us do, right? right? When you can get a good night's sleep, right. wired or wire, uninterrupted. But, yeah, I mean, you wake up in the middle of the night and you feel wide awake. And by the time uh, morning arrives, you're exhausted because you want to get more sleep. Um, I think we all have gone through some of those things. Um, I don't know that I've dealt with any depression. Um, like to believe that, you know, you're going to have good days, sure. you're going to have happy days. But I, I've never chalked it up to any kind of um, clinical depression um, for myself. And I haven't had any headaches. So right now I'm knocking on wood. And I, yeah. I hope I'm, I'm in a good territory. I'm with uh, Jim Joyce, and, and we're talking exosome sciences about CTE and with Solomon Wilcox for CBS Sports. And, um, you know, one of the things, Jim, that, that I think about with this is how do we educate parents who have athletes who are in serious competition, I mean, that are playing junior high, high school, and college athletics, whether that be lacrosse, soccer, football, wrestling, what, what, what do we tell parents of, of, about this and about how we can prevent maybe what Solomon's talking about later on with some of the players? Sure, Roman. So if you go back to the, uh, the statement I made earlier about accumulation of subconcussive blows, I think where you're seeing uh, education start to impact uh, youth sports, uh, and a lot of this is being talked about here at NFL Week, uh, is proposals to eliminate tackle football. Uh, in children under 14 years mm -hmm. old. Um, and I think it recognizes that, you know, the NFL uh, oftentimes gets credit for CTE in former NFL players, but how many years, if it's an accumulation of subconcussive blows, how many years of subconcussive blows have people experienced even before they show up to the, right. to the NFL? I mean, it could be a decade, depending. Well, depending Sol on Solomon knows this. When we were playing Pop Warner, I was maybe a little bit before you, but we hit with our heads. They taught you to hit with the crown of your head. 
And all the drills, tackling drills, were helmet to helmet all the time, every single day. And the helmets were suspension helmets. You know, the old ones that you tied at the top, hoping that it didn't hit the top of the helmet when you concussed. So, you know, that's the, what you're talking about. You, I did the same thing when, pe- when, when parents come up to me, Solomon, I don't know if they ask you, but how old, you know, how old should my son or, or daughter start playing football? Yeah, it's a tough one to answer, and you have to. I just tell parents, you really have to do what's best um, for the individual. And if your kid is begging you to play football, you should probably let them play. <laughs> and if they're not begging, if you have to beg them to play, then you should not. You should well, not. We were, put them we were out with there. Howie Long yesterday, and Howie's got two sons, one seven yeah. years and four years, one's playing Chris Long in the Super Bowl. And he said that he didn't want his kids to play. He didn't pound them, but he just said he'd rather not have them play. But they, like they you said, have passion and wanted to play. And that's the passion and the energy that you really want. And, and I'll say this. I'll be the first to say that um, football and I think participating in, in football and youth sports, it does teach our kids at, at an early age a lot of really good, wonderful qualities, leadership, how to be on a team and participate um, it, within a group Learning structure. how to win and lose. Learning how to win graciously, learning how to lose uh, and still – um, understanding how to bounce back, um, how to come back from moments of failure, really how to have long-term goals and really um, really strive for something that, that you have to achieve even as a group. I, I think there's so many leadership um, qualities that a kids can gain from participating in youth sports, uh, but you do have to go into it um, with an educated understanding of some of the things that, uh, that you have to do to watch in terms of health. Jim, tell us what's happening right now. You were telling me earlier off the air about testing NFL players and what's sure. going on now. What's the improvement from the when we talked a year ago? Well, there's a lot of research going on, academic research going on that's teaching us more and more about CTE as a disease. But as part of that research, there's the observation that CTE's never been diagnosed at autopsy in somebody that didn't participate in sports really? that involved repetitive head trauma. It turned out that the level of talzomes in circulation correlated with cognitive decline. Thus, the higher the talzome level, the worse the cognitive decline. And when you say cognitive decline for people, what are the results of that? Yeah, the, so each, each participant was rated on cognitive decline based on their ability to perform in memory tests. Now is accelerate the research of this biomarker because we believe we can cut years off the period of time if we can accelerate this biomarker. We can cut years of the period of time it takes to qualify former players to participate in potential therapeutic studies. So it's almost really important that you were to see college students or student athletes, athletes while they're young in their NFL career uh, at an earlier age, right, to be able to see uh, maybe what goes on besides later on in life, but what what the markers are for. I mean, do you guys have you guys come up with anything real quick that where hey, that's too many times being concussed to play anymore. I yeah. mean, is there? Uh, it's not our area of research. Yeah. We we look at we treat CTE. Uh, there's a lot of research in concussions, traumatic brain injury. Uh, our focus has been more directed towards CTE, which is actually a chronic neurological disorder, much like Alzheimer's. Uh, Alzheimer's is involved in the accumulation of multiple different types of uh, adherent proteins in the brain, whereas CTE is specific. So will there be any correlation with with Alzheimer's research possibly? Because my my wife has a sister who has Alzheimer's at, at 63 years old, very badly. 
we've had a, a mom and dad that that had all one that had Alzheimer's. So that's a that's a terrible terrible disease. And so you're saying there's some things that are this is similar. Roman. That's a really good question. It's one of the things that's really giving us motivation to accelerate the ability to diagnose. Uh, there are new candidate drug therapies in Alzheimer's. They're called anti-tau drugs. And tau is one protein that's a problem in Alzheimer's patients, but tau is the hallmark of CTE. And if we can accelerate the progression of a biomarker to be able to diagnose and monitor CTE or even demonstrate it's associated with CTE, we can then potentially qualify former NFL players to participate in these studies. Okay. So we've agreed to participate in other academic studies that you know, are over a period of seven years, but to us, that's so that's that's too that's too long. We need to accelerate the process. Okay, awesome. Uh, wish we had more time to talk, Jim Joyce. Uh, trying to help this this CTE problem, but definitely is is important not only for NFL players, but for any of your youth that are playing sports at any level. Solomon Wilcox, CBS, and uh, Solomon, appreciate you taking the time to from a player's perspective to talk to us about yeah, this. Yeah, Roman, thank you for having us. And if uh, people out there want to find out more about the yeah. clinical study, they can call 858-251-1848. That's 858-251-1848. Or they can go to the website at www.exosomesciences.com. Awesome. We'll put it up on all of our social sites. Uh, Jim, appreciate you coming in again. Solomon, Roman, you, you guys, good luck with uh, the research. You've been listening to Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III. Our podcasts are available at AFR.net. You can follow Roman on his official website, www.fspn.net, and on Facebook at Roman Gabriel III. We'll catch you next time on Sold Out Sports Talk, your source for faith, family, and sports.